Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dirt Boy Podcast, where we talk about a variety of interesting topics. I am your host, Rugged, the lovable, huggable dragon, and we're here on episode number 15 about my spicy hot takes number two. If you enjoy the content that you're listening to, please feel free to give it a good review on Spotify and other platforms that you're listening to, because if you like my sweet and sexy voice, you'll definitely keep coming back, by the way. So anyway, uh, oh, speaking of other platforms, I've actually started uploading to other platforms besides Spotify. I've had uh, Apple Music, uh, Amazon, and I can't remember what else. I think it was iHeartRadio or something. I have to, I'll give everyone a good list of everything, but I updated it on my Twitter. So again, if you ever want to be part of my podcasts, either as a voice guest or if you have other questions to, that you want me to read out loud and to be answered on this podcast, please feel free to click on a few of the links I provide within this episode of my podcast. Now, the best way to reach me involves my Twitter account at Rug of the Dragon, all one word, along with my Discord channel that you could freely join. So I hope to hear more from everyone as time rolls on. Also... I do live stream on Twitch and I play a variety of video games that you might enjoy. So if you enjoy this podcast and want to interact with me directly as I play games on my live stream, please head on over to Twitch at Rugged the Dragon, still on one word, stop by, say hi, you know, offer a follow if you want, or subscription, or any other kinds of support that you want to offer. So with that being said, let's get on to the main topic about my spicy hot takes number two. Let's start with my first spicy take that I'm just going to get right into. I'm just going to jump right into this one, right? Game of Thrones. For those who don't know, Game of Thrones aired on HBO many years ago. Eight seasons, right? And here's my opinion on this. Here's my spicy hot take. I thought the show was great. It may not seem much of a spicy take, but believe me, it is. (laughs) Listen to the Game of Thrones fans, right? Every season, including number eight, was brilliant. I loved every single season of that show. It was great. Some seasons, not as much as others. Some seasons were better than all that. Like, my favorite season, in my opinion, was season four. Absolute amazing season. I loved it. It invoked a lot of reactions. Happiness, uh, aggression, sadness. (laughs) And all of those rolled into one episode, for those who don't know. The Mountain and the Viper. Anyway. So anyway, before we get on to anything else regarding my spicy hot takes, I will let you know that these will contain spoilers. Game of Thrones, definitely a lot of spoilers. The next topic, also a lot of spoilers. Other things are opinionated, but I'll let you know ahead of time. But anyway, again, once again, major spoilers coming up. So if you don't want to listen any further because you want to watch the Game of Thrones for yourself or you just watch the show in general and you don't care about spoilers, then yeah, keep going, you know? So Game of Thrones. So, you know, it starts off really good. It's based on the books that George R.R. R. Martin wrote, right? He's still working on Winds of Winter, <laughs> but uh, the show is pretty much the blueprint. It's based on the first few books and the rest of the seasons kind of go off the rails in a way. It's still based on the basic blueprint of George R.R. R. Martin's uh, you know, vision for the whole show, for the whole story. It's cemented. He already established what was going to happen, right? He just never wrote the books yet. Everyone keeps telling me, well, after season four or five or so, he, he, he just like walked off and he's no longer involved with the project. No, no, he was always involved with the project. 
right? This this whole speculation of him not being involved, the people, the fact that people hated the show, all of that happened right after season eight ended. Specifically mentioning the the episode called the bells. Now we'll get into that later on. So, like I said, overall, like season, uh, the first few seasons of the Game of Thrones were kind of slow, but it had some interesting uh, parts to it. Uh, I remember. I mentioned that season four was my favorite, and uh, <laughs> oh my god, that was probably one of the best episodes I've ever seen, was The Mountain and the Viper. So for those who don't know, later in the show, a prince comes by, and his name is Prince Oberyn. Really cool guy, pretty kinky, because he's, you know, he's bisexual and all that, but hey, uh, also very handsome, but really good fighter too. So basically what happens is that uh, King Joffrey, the kid that everyone hates, was poisoned. And killed. Well, obviously, if you're poisoned, you're going to die. Maybe. <laughs> but they blamed Tyrion, Peter Dinklage's character. Because he was there the whole time. He was the one who always insulted the king, even in public, right? So, obviously, he would be the one to assassinate him. Of course, he wasn't. But eventually, the uh, the harlot that was with uh, Peter Dinklage's character was basically forced to lie about his involvement. So he demanded a trial by combat to see if he can get out of the situation. So he finally, Prince Oberyn says, you know what? I'll be your champion because the person that they're getting the fight against me, his name is the Mountain. I know him very well. He killed my sister and he killed her children. So I'm going to fight for you because I personally want revenge against this big douche, right? So he goes in, like he fights really well. And then he stabs the mountain in the leg and he stabs him in the chest with a spear. And we're like, yeah, he did it. He did it. And he's gloating on. We're like, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Finish him off, dude. Finish him. And as soon as, as he uh, yells, say her name and he yells at him one more time to yell. And he goes, say it. And the mountain trips him, grabs him, knocks his teeth out, plucks his eyeballs out with his thumbs and crushes his skull. I'm like, what in the? <laughs> I went from happy to like worried to happy to what did I just see? What? <laughs> I was like shocked. So many people were pissed, but it was you know it was season four. Like it was a shocking moment, but it was a that was a moment where people were, were pretty much used to the idea of losing their favorite characters, especially after season three, because in that season, the red wedding occurred. By the way, general rule of Game of Thrones, uh, a wedding will never, ever, ever end well. <laughs> so they basically, in season three, I can't remember the whole show. It's been a long time since I've watched it. All I know is that, uh, what was his name? Walter Frey. They needed allies. The, uh, the Starks needed allies. So they had to get Walter Frey's help. He wanted one of his daughters to marry one of their guys, but they refused at first. But then they accepted his offer later. But by that time, Walter Frey was pretty much already bought. You know, the Lannister said, okay, you know what? In order to end this war, we're going to pay you to let a bunch of our soldiers in, to invite them into your home, and then we're going to slaughter all of them. We're going to slaughter the Starks. I mean, all the, pretty much a lot of the main characters got killed off. Right there. And everyone's like, what in the heck happened? <laughs> but that, that's the thing about Game of Thrones. It teaches you that you should not ever get attached to characters, right? Do not get attached to characters because you're just, it's just going to end in misery. Season five. That's what happened to me. That's what hit me the hardest was at the end of that season was when, um, 
like Jon Snow helped the wildlings. They they fought against the wildlings when they attacked the wall, right? But after a while, Jon Snow realized that they needed their help because the White Walkers were coming in, and it was so obvious at that point because they first met the Night King. But anyway, so later on, uh, Jon Snow apparently got word that someone approached the uh, area, and they were like, "We need you to come out here qu- quickly." So he does. He meets this person, but it's not a person. It's a sign that says "traitor." And Jon Snow gets stabbed multiple times by people who didn't like him. And he was just left there to bleed out and die. And that was the end of season five. And I'm like, cr- I was about to cry. I'm like, dude, they just murdered. Look, 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 how, look how they butchered my boy. <laughs> but uh, he did come back. But still, it was like, man, could you imagine if he was just dead permanently? Oh, that would have ruined everything. But, you know, I wouldn't be angry at the show because that's just the way it is. That is until season eight came out. Uh, so I love season eight. I don't care what people say about it. You know why? Because season eight was freaking phenomenal in in many ways. Yeah. There were some slow moments here and there. I know that, uh, the long night, the lo- was called the long night as it was called. Everyone complained about that episode being too dark. Really? That was the point. That's why it's called the long dark. That was called the long dark. I don't know. Let me look it up real quick. Let me let me make sure I'm doing the right thing here by make sure the episode uh, is the proper name. So Game of Thrones, the long dark. Is it called the long dark? No, excuse me. It's not called the long dark. It's called the long night. Apologies for that. The long dark. The long night. Night. It's dark. Same thing, right? That's the whole point of the episode. Is that it's supposed to be dark. You're not supposed to see that well. You can see it well enough to the point where you know what's going on, but it's not to the point where it's so bright. Why would you brighten everything? That just shows me that you're scared. (laughs) The Long Night was supposed to make you terrified, and it did. I watched this episode in the dark, and I was, like, mesmerized by it. Oh, my God. So good. So good. And it had a good result, you know? Like, it was terrifying because you're facing the army of the dead what you think they're going to be slouching in the daytime going i'm gonna attack you no they're gonna swarm you and you can't see them until it's too late that scene when the dothraki came in with their like their blades lit on fire and then you could see their distant torches going towards the darkness and they're all like extinguished when you see the last flame extinguish and only a few people come back you're like holy crap what have we gotten ourselves into? And pretty much, if it weren't for, if it weren't for the little lady with her little knife stabbing the Night King, man, they would have been screwed. The whole world would have been screwed, right? It was a doomed battle from the beginning. Let's just face it, right? It was a doomed fight. Nobody was expected to survive that. But thanks to the Stark, we were, we're saved, right? Thanks to her. Gosh. Can you imagine if she didn't kill the Night King? Like, imagine if the show ended like that. <laughs> but um, but that's not the main thing that people hated about this season. The main reason why people hated this season... Ah? Uh, you hear that? The bells. The bells! That episode! The episode that made everybody love the entire series. And as soon as a certain thing happened, they completely did a 180. And just ranted about how bad the show was. So let me give you a full context of what happened. So after the Night King and his undead army were destroyed, uh, Daenerys, the Dragon Queen, wanted to raid King's Landing. 
after one of her allies was executed. She wanted revenge. So the last stronghold was King's Landing, right? She would basically go in and build her revolution, right? And beat the bad guys. Well, this is what everyone thought. So they go to King's Landing. uh, Tyrion did not want... Tyrion did not want a slaughter. So he released his jailed brother, Jaime Lannister, and told him, hey, you gotta ring those bells in King's Landing because the bells signify surrender. If we ring those bells, they will surrender and we won't have to kill people, right? They killed a few people going towards King's Landing, but as soon as they heard the bells, the soldiers dropped their swords and we thought, okay, well, now they're just gonna walk in and take over and no one else is gonna get hurt. Um, And then Daenerys is like, Nah, screw that. <laughs> and she goes through her, through, 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 she goes through King's Landing with her dragon, right? And proceeds to ignite everything on fire. Civilians, buildings, everything. Everyone is dying. And then the army decides to point their spears at the surrender troops of King's Landing and start attacking them. Even after they surrendered, they're still killing them. It's a slaughter fest. It's a complete slaughter fest. And people were mad, pissed off that Daenerys started to just do all of this stuff. They were super pissed. And here's my question to the fans who are still angry about this. How did you not see this coming? This was predicted many seasons ago. Many seasons ago that Daenerys was going to be a villain. How did you not see this? So, in the first season, I believe, or second season, she freed the slaves and uh, in the southern region, I believe, right? Is that what I'm looking for? The southern region? You know, desert area. She freed the slaves. But you know what she did to the slave owners or people who supported them? She crucified all of them. Every one of them lined up all crucified. Like, what the hell? Like, okay, you jail the people or possibly execute Worse offenders, maybe, to set an example. But you don't crucify people like that. That's ridiculous. That's like America during World War II, right? Fighting against the Axis powers. And then after they won, they start subjecting the German people to what they did to the Jewish people during the Holocaust. We execute them and treat them terribly. We don't do that, right? The Americans don't do that. Russia does, but <laughs> that's Russia. But Americans, right? We don't do that. Just because your country was responsible for something so horrific, we're not going to punish the rest of the troops. Unless, of course, some need to be, be, be eh. unless, of course, some need to be made examples of such as war criminals. Then, yeah, execute those people. But you don't execute and torture the entire German army just because of their so-called involvement in tragedies in general, right? You don't do that. And the other thing that was uh, a big sign of her raiding King's Landing, the way we saw it in Game Game of Thrones Season 8, was I think Season 2 or 3, there was a glimpse of her in King's Landing in front of the Iron Throne, but everything around her was demolished. So I, I guess people don't remember this scene, or chose to forget that it existed, but this was another big sign. And here's the craziest part. King Baratheon 
of season one, you know, big chubby guy with a big beard, the king, he knew this was going to happen, right? He knew, right? You never, ever let a Targaryen live. That was his mentality because the Mad King nearly broke everything. He wanted everything to burn. So if he had any kind of relatives that escaped, they needed to be slaughtered. That was his opinion. Morally, it's not right. It's not right at all. Ned Stark opposed this idea because uh, he went to a meeting. King Baratheon basically said, quote, the whore is pregnant. That means that if she's alive and she has a son and she's got the entire Dothraki army at her stead, she's going to come back and there's going to be more chaos. And he mentions, or not he, not specifically he, uh, his council mentions that if she wears unchecked, she has dragons too. She's going to tor- start torching cities and everything. That's what happened. Now, if King Baratheon himself had still lived and they had proceeded with the plan to kill her, I'm pretty sure a lot of people would have survived. And <laughs> I mean, again, it's not morally right to go in and kill somebody just because they're related to another. But at the same time, if you had known what you know now and went back in time, you would completely support the guy. Like King, like King Baratheon was, he was definitely a tough guy, definitely rude, but he was right. And everyone thought, well, she is going to be different. No, she was a tyrant. She was a complete tyrant. She's like, well, here's the thing. Um, I'm going to reconstruct the world the way I want it. So, um, you either submit to my rule or you're just going to burn. And you noticed how she started to use her fire a little bit too much in later seasons. Anybody who opposed her, burn. Oh, you betrayed me. Burn. Oh, uh, these civilians are running away. Burn. Like, if if social media existed back in uh, Game of Thrones times, and I said, I don't like Daenerys' hair. She, She doesn't have a good hairstyle today. Burn. I'm dead. You die. Yeah, that's tyranny. That's 100% tyranny. And I'm glad Jon Snow came to her and just went right to the heart. Yeah, that's regicide. And the penalty for that should have been death. But Jon Snow was exiled to the Night's Watch, which, come on, man. It's like, it's like, it's like sending me, it's like, uh, I get in trouble and I'm told to go to my room, but my room is pretty much where I live anyway. I got everything I need. Internet, like phone, you know, my TV, my computer, right? John's at home again, basically. This is where he belongs. That was a good ending, in my opinion. Now, everyone is also like, well, Jon Snow should have been the king. Jon Snow did not want to be king. He specifically mentioned that many times. Does not want to be the king, right? Bran... Bran the Broken, as he's also referred to as, had an incredible journey. Went from a normal kid who got crippled, became the three-eyed raven, right? All of the knowledge you could think of in his head. He went on this magical journey. And the funny thing is that not many people know about it, right? Until he tells it to people as he's later on. But he becomes king. That's crazy. A little kid... Goes to Cripple, right? 
Is that the word I'm supposed to say? Let's say he's disabled, right? He becomes disabled. But um, then he goes to become the Three-Eyed Raven and then the king. Dude, he went from a little kid to a king in the span of, what, eight years or so, maybe? Man, could you imagine that? Now, he didn't want it either, but he knew it was important enough to accept it. And he also got Tyrion, who was also supposed to be executed, to say, hey, you're going to be in my hand. And he goes, well, I don't want to be your hand. Well, I didn't want to be king either, so... <laughs> Plus, he's used to being the hand of the king anyway. He's good at it. Anyway, so yeah, Game of Thrones. I do. I just don't understand why people were complaining about this show. Like, yeah, oh, Daenerys, your favorite character went bad. Yeah, she did. What are you gonna do about it, dude? That's George R. R. Martin for you. He is the one who came up with this. Not the show writers at HBO or anything like. Not these two other guys who were directing the show. That was Martin's uh, vision. He wanted this to happen. And did I tell you guys about not getting attached to certain characters? Well, guess what? You got too attached to Daenerys. And guess what? She's dead. The Mad Queen is dead. That's all I have to say. You And then everyone tries to backpedal and go, well, the whole show started losing this and that. They, they start nitpicking. Where was your nitpicking before the Bells episode? Nobody was nitpicking. Not very many people were nitpicking about the show prior to the bells. But as soon as that episode aired, oh, everything is bad now. Oh, this show is so terrible. It started to downfall around season two because this happened and all that. No, you, you were compl you're complaining because your favorite character, Daris, went bad and she died. That's it. That's the only reason why people hate Game of Thrones. Because they started complaining about how she went to the Mad Queen. That's it. That's it. That's that, that's that's basically it, people. People will try to tell you all the time, it's not that, it's this. No, it's that. It's that. Trust me, people. People get it's and that this is what leads on to the next topic, right? So let's get on to my other hot take, and that involves The Last of Us Part 2, which was a very anticipated game. Everyone wanted to have a continuation to the original Last of Us, which by the way, brilliant game. Definitely play it. But again, there's going to be spoilers. So if you have not played The Last of Us 1 or 2, again, pause this video, play the games, and come back. Otherwise, if you've played the game already and you don't care about spoilers, you know, keep listening. But I've warned you. So, The Last of Us. For those who don't know, it's about a future post-apocalyptic world where some kind of mold or fungus uh, infects everybody and makes them to like a zombie-like state. And there's also different levels of the infection. So Joel, the main character, lost his daughter many years ago. And now he has to team up with Ellie. And Ellie is immune to this fungus or this infection. And they realize if she has, if she's immune, they can have a cure. So eventually the whole journey is basically Joel and her teaming up, battling against different types of villains and the undead. I guess they're not undead, they're, they're the infected. Let's just call them the infected. Eventually, they get to the hospital. That's the main area they have to go to in order for her to uh, basically be under the scope, in a way, to administer a cure. Now, what Joel doesn't realize is that the only way to give us a cure is to remove whatever it is that's embedded in her brain. And that will kill her. Her life to be sacrificed in order to save millions of other people. It seems like a good decision, right? But they didn't tell her that. And Joel realized he was going to lose her. He doesn't want to lose her again. 
Like, he lost a daughter already. He doesn't want to lose another one, in a way. So he goes in, goes to the uh, the doctors. One of them grabs the tiny little scalpel to, like, kind of threaten Joel. He's like, don't come any closer. We got to do this. Joel kills him and then takes Ellie away. Ellie doesn't know what happened. They just He just told her, no, there was no cure. They couldn't do anything about it. She goes, oh, that sucks. Later on in part two, during flashback scenes, he's raising her, you know, teaching her more stuff as she grows older. She does find out about the incident. And basically her response to that was, if I had been given the decision, I would have let them kill me to save the rest of the world. But Joel obviously couldn't let that happen. And she was pissed that he decided for her. So that's why they didn't talk for a very long time. However, that same doctor that pointed the scalpel, as I mentioned earlier, another girl at the hospital was living there. Her father was the one who was killed by Joel. She knew who he was. She found out who he was. And she vowed revenge against Joel. So many years later, uh, you know, Ellie's grown up again and all that stuff. Like she's going through her life. So is uh, Abby. That's her name, by the way. The, main, the character who lost her father was Abby. Abby eventually tracks down Joel, pretends to be friends, but then shoots him in the leg and ties him down. Ellie is there trying to save him, but she's also pinned down. And she watches in horror as Abby gets a golf club and buries it deep in Joel's skull, killing him right there, right in front of Ellie. And it's like the first, like, what, two or something hours of the game? And Joel is killed in a horrible way. This set people off. Oh, this set people off so much. They went from like, oh my god, this game is so great. And then after that scene, they're like, no, this game's terrible. I'm going to write a hateful review about it. This game is the worst thing ever. Why did they have to do that to my poor boy, Joel? Oh my god, Joel's dead. It's storytelling. The whole point of the game was to establish the idea of how revenge is... Something that eats you up on the inside. The revenge itself is a demon that possesses you. You are not in control of what you are anymore. You're not who you used to be. Revenge changes you so much to the point where it ruins everything about you. That's the whole point of the whole game. Ellie now wants to have revenge against Abby and her friends. And she does. She kills a lot of her friends. Right? And Abby... Is also on that side, on the other side of that spectrum. She is also motivated by revenge and she wants to kill Joel, which she does. Right? So many people needlessly die because of this. Like the, the, these characters, they, they intertwine, and when this one person dies, whole other people die as a result of this. Ellie eventually gets to the point where she wants Abby dead. But this was, but she already had a happy life. She had a lover. Uh, a child to take care of, a nice farmland, you know? If she had just stayed home and forgot about the whole thing, she would have been perfect. But, no, she couldn't let it go. So she finally tried to track down Abby. And she finds her. But Abby, at this point, is pretty much, like, done with this whole thing. She lost all of her friends. Like, she got her revenge, yeah. But at the same time, was it worth it? She, she killed Joel, but all of her friends are dead. She has nothing else left except one other person. And this one other person, Ellie threatens. Ellie, you don't point a knife at an innocent kid. What are you doing? But 
then at the same time, you realize the idea, the concept of all revenge that she desired against Abby, it took over her. Again, she was possessed by a demon. At no point would Abby, or at no point would Ellie, excuse me, ever point a knife at an innocent person just to kill Abby, right? She wanted her so bad that she was willing to kill an innocent person that didn't deserve it. And eventually, Ellie did not kill Abby. She realized what she was doing. If she had killed Abby, right, who knows what Ellie, what, what else Ellie would have done, right? So, by the way, during the battle, Ellie does lose a couple of her fingers, <laughs> which is bad because she plays the guitar. She needs her fingers for the guitar. And this kind of represents a very small detail about what happens to you with revenge is on your mind. She goes home. And her lover's no longer there. The child is no longer there. The whole barn is abandoned. She lost her chance of a happy life with a family. She can't play the guitar anymore. She's broken still by the loss of her friend. She's broken. Right? This is what revenge does to you. Yeah. It, it, like, it, it was Abby that took away Joel. But at the same time, she was the one who committed these murders against the people that were responsible. And threatened the young person just to get to another. And decided to abandon a happy life that she could have had for the sake of murder. She wanted Abby dead. Revenge. That was great storytelling. Now, granted, the, ga the game was drawn out. It wasn't as good as part one, in my opinion. But I thought it was great enough to basically say they were really close, right? They were both great games. Great games. I loved The Last of Us Part Two. But I just feel that the only reason why people hated Last of Us Part Two was because of Abby killing Joel. That was it. That was it. I guess a small portion of that uh, angry mentality against Part 2 was because they thought that the game was trying to promote uh, feminism or something like that, or girl power or whatever. Like, no. Really? Okay, a woman is more buff. Abby is more buff than usual than compared to, like, a normal female. Like, who cares? Who cares if she's buff? Some people like that. I mean... Not everyone does, but whatever. It's a design is a design decision. Oh, Ellie's in love with another girl. Oh, they they're trying to do this. I'm like, no, it they just it just happens. <laughs> they're not trying to put politics in here. It's just she fell in love with a girl. Who cares? Who cares? Girl on girl. Who cares? Really? People, come on. So I'm I'm kind of rambling on about this, but yeah, that's another it's like I I call it the Game of Thrones effect, right? An entire show or movie or give you a game could be so good. But just because one event happens that everyone disagrees on, the whole thing is ruined because of it. Because people are so, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, they're so spoiled. They want to always, they always want a happy ending to everything. They watch too many Disney films. There's no happy endings all the time. Game of Thrones and The Last of Us Part Two are good examples of this. People just are too stubborn to admit that it, the whole on the basis of them hating the movie the shows or video games are because of these one events. The people are not willing to accept that The Last of Us Part Two uh, was a good game. They just don't like the fact that Joel was killed. Right? If if Joel had lived in The Last of Us Part Two, everyone would have praised the game. Still, they would have they would have said, "Oh, it deserved Game of the Year." But just because Joel died, no, not Game of the Year, not my game, not my Game of the Year. <laughs> ah, man. So yeah. Um. By the way. If you are still listening to this, but you haven't played the games, but I just pretty much spoiled everything for you, 
I still encourage you to play the games. Last of Us Part 1, which is getting a remaster, by the way, and people are complaining about that for some reason. I mean, Last of Us Part 1, great game. Why would you not want a remake of it? Especially when it's coming out on PC. Oh, PC, yes. Thank you, right? I want my games in anything above 60 FPS. That's what I want. Why are people complaining about Part 1 of The Last of Us being re-released? Is it because of they still have memories of hatred against Part 2? Is that the reason? I don't know. But anyway, let's get on to the other hot take. And that hot take involves certain types of genres of music that I do not like, right? So, right away, I will tell people this. I do not like rap music or hip-hop. I don't like it because every single place I go to, everyone is listening to it, blasting it on their speakers, especially at work, which here's an interesting story. So I think I told this before, but whenever I'm at work, sometimes, depending on where I am, they will turn on this loud Bluetooth speaker and it blasts this rap and hip hop music in my ears. It got to the point where I was sick of it and I asked them to turn it down, but they never did. So I just turned off myself and they got mad. I don't care. If there's going to be loud music, I don't care what genre it is. If it's loud and I'm trying to work, I can't concentrate. I'm turning your music off. <laughs> I don't care. Call me Karen if you want, but no, I'm just not going to take it. I'm not going to take it, dude. If it's loud and you're not going to turn it down, I'm turning it down myself. So immediately, now this is controversial, but people will tell me, oh, you don't like rap music? You don't like hip hop music? Then you're racist. No, I'm not racist. <laughs> I'm not racist at all. People try to say that because... Most of the time, rap music and hip-hop is all sung by black men and women. Not entirely true. They're, you know, Eminem. <laughs> I mean, he's white. He sings rap. There's a bunch of other white rappers out there, right? To say that it's racist to not like rap music, that's incorrect. Now, everyone, the reason why I don't like it, it's, not my, it's just not my cup of tea. I don't like the same beat and the same bass rhythm being repeated at nauseum over and over again, right? And the same words, I could make a rap song and make $5 million by just having one lyric in it about picking my nose. I'm like, I'll pick your nose. Yeah, I'll pick your nose. Yeah, I'll pick your nose. Uh, I'll pick your nose. And, and I, I could do that for five minutes and make $2 million. That's what I think about it. It's also because of how I was raised, too. Now, everyone thinks, well, if you don't like rap music, then I guess, and you're, and you're uh, they'll say, well, you're also white, so I guess you like country music, too, right? No, I don't like country music. I hate country music. <laughs> But if I had a choice between rap or country music, I would rather have country. I don't like either. But if I had to choose one or the other and I couldn't choose and I and I was only locked to those two decisions, then yeah, I would choose country, of course. But don't like it. My main musical choices are heavy metal and classic rock. Right? That's that's my genre. That's what I listen to. Like Metallica, Def Leppard, Twisted Sister, Queen. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Is Queen technically classic rock? It probably is, yeah. Uh, a bunch of other bands like that, right? Those, That's my jam, in my opinion. But I'm also the kind of person that doesn't blast it out in public for you to hear. I don't play it in my car speakers. I don't play it on my microphone when I'm playing Call of Duty. I don't play it on the loudspeaker when I'm at work, right? I just would rather, if I had to listen to it, I would rather have an earbud in my ear. Or listen to it on my own personal time. Like, it's my kind of music. And I don't want everybody else to be disturbed by it. Because, again, the way I was raised, I have to be polite. I don't want to blast my music on a bus 
and look at them and be like, this is my kind of music. You got to get into my jam, yo. Because not everyone is going to like your kind of music. And even if they did, it's it's still annoying because people are just there on the bus, public transportation or whatever, right? They're just trying to mind their own business and go on with their day. And it's, it's it just irritates me so much to the point where I'm sitting there and I'm trying to concentrate on something. And all of a sudden I hear someone is loud music blasting through his headphones or on his phone. And I'm like, dude, can you just like turn it off, please? Ah, <laughs> oh, man. And again, like I said, I may sound like a Karen for this, but that's just my personal opinion. It's a hot take because if you tell anybody you don't like rap music, everyone else replies to you going, bruh. <laughs> that's it. It's like, no, it's just a musical choice that I, it's like, I prefer one music over the other. I don't like rapper, hip hop or country, but I do like metal, classic rock, maybe some video game orchestra soundtracks, you know, that it, it's kind of interesting, but that's just my personal take about it It's a small one, but it's still spicy enough to put it on the podcast. So let's move on. So this next topic is going to be extremely controversial because it's about what's going on today. So Please, for anybody listening to this part right now, I will be discussing something very sensitive and will include opinions that you may disagree upon. But if you do have disagreements, don't get angry at me. Just logically explain it and we will have a debate about it. I could be on my Discord, preferably, right? Personal messages. We can, as long as we're civilious, as long as we're civil about the whole matter, right? We can debate about it. So, What's going on is that gun violence is going on, right? Lots of school shootings been going on. It rose exponentially in 2021, and it's still going on today. We've got we had the the Buffalo shootings. Uh, uh, there was Sandy Hook many years ago, right? And all these incidents, and every single time you have these events going on, it's always the politicians. Going up going, we need gun laws, and everyone applauds them, and they want votes. That's pretty much it. Publicity. So, gun laws don't work. I'm just going to say that right now. The gun laws don't work. Yeah, Okay, for the baseline part of owning a gun, obviously the person has to be a certain age. Obviously they have to pass a psych evaluation. You don't want to give a gun to somebody whose eye is twitching and they've got a tattoo saying murder is murder everybody and you just hand them an assault rifle with maximum ammo and they're like, it's okay, I'm not going to kill anybody. Like, obviously you don't give guns to those people. But the reason why gun laws don't work is because even if you have the strictest gun laws, even if you were to go to house to house and take everybody's weapons away, it doesn't mean that gun violence is going to stop. Criminals are going to find ways to get their weapons. Illegally, through other methods of, like, say, like, from other countries that don't have the gun laws on them, uh, people could still have their weapons and they just go to their place and borrow it, right? They might not be allowed to buy it from a store, but it doesn't mean that they will not have access to a gun by other means. And the worst offender, in my opinion, is the fact that when these shootings occur, who's there to defend themselves and other people? The police? <laughs> yeah, good luck with that, especially in Texas. The police are not here to prevent crimes, although that can happen at, t- at moments here and there, if they're lucky. But for the most part, police are not there to prevent crimes. They're here to respond to them. When a school shooter goes into a building and nobody has weapons, like, so many people are dead. 
and all the cops can do is arrive late and maybe take out the shooter. Again, unless you're in Texas, then they just sit there in the hallway. But, yeah, it's like, okay, so what would be the solution? If gun laws are not the solution, then what is? Well, first of all, better security for the schools. You need everything, not just metal detectors, not just locked doors, but you also need to have some kind of armed presence, not around the building, but somewhere very close by, maybe even around the building too. There's got to be something like that. Um, another hot take, which is going to definitely get me canceled, but certain teachers, not everyone, certain teachers or employees need to be trained in firearms. They really do. There needs to be a way to access firearms within certain buildings, like not just schools, but like churches, especially, right? And other areas of congregation. There needs to be some kind of armed personnel there. Because for those who don't know, I can't remember how many years ago it was. I think it was like three years ago or so. Uh, in Texas, I remember there was a church mass going on. And this guy walks in with a shotgun, I think, right? It kills two people. Only two. Because as soon as that happened, there was a guy in the church that was already armed, took out the shooter right away. Imagine if somebody within that, within that building did not have a weapon, right? How many more people would have died? So, I'm, like I said, it's, it's ridiculous that people can think that a law is going to stop violence. It's not. It's just going to regulate who owns a gun and maybe prevent certain crazy people from not getting it, like through official purchasing reasons. But it doesn't mean they're going to be stopped from owning a gun or acquiring a gun by some other way. The goal here is to not pray a law will work. It's to pray that somebody has the means to defend themselves and others and to do the right thing. For evil to succeed, good men must do nothing. So, in a sense, it's what you need for people who have guns who want to kill other people, right? Criminals with weapons are not going to stop because of gun laws. Other people defending themselves are going to stop them. If you had a lot more people having access to their firearms, law-abiding citizens having access to their personal firearms and being able to carry them more often, how many people would be willing to go into a store to rob and shoot people, knowing that everyone else that they encounter is armed. Not as much. I remember some people mentioning that I think in some other state, I can't remember if it was New Hampshire or some other Northeastern state, they have like a, a grading. There's a grading of gun law, like how strict your gun laws are from A to F, right? So one state has the least homicides in terms of firearms, right? And they have the less amount of gun laws being forced upon them, right? Because with more people carrying, especially law-abiding citizens, that's less chances of homicides occurring. And even if they do occur, it's less people dying as a result. Whereas countries like, uh, or not countries, the state like California had a ridiculous amount of homicides and their gun law grading is uh, an A. They got really strict gun laws there and there's more homicides. Because if I was a criminal and I had to choose which area I wanted to proceed with my murders. I would go with the state with the most strict gun laws because I walk in with my weapon that I acquired illegally. No one's going to stop me except maybe the police if they get there in time. But by that time, it's too late. 
right? Now, I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to suggest that I'm going to do this. I'm not promoting it in any way. So please don't try to cancel me on that. This is just my opinion. So think about another country, uh, Switzerland. Nobody brings this up. So Switzerland, for those who don't know, the gun laws there, it, they require people to train on weapons and to own them. And they're allowed to carry them. And there's barely any homicides there. Barely. Way less compared to any other place, right? I'm pretty sure there's some other places that are less than that, but like it's a whole debate about this whole thing. But like if you go to Switzerland, Switzerland is a good example of what happens when everybody is trained on firearms. Everybody is going to be armed. And you get less crime out of it. <laughs> there's still going to be crime. But honestly, like I mentioned before, if I went to Switzerland thinking, hey, I'm going to rob this place with my firearm, but then the 40 other people in the store point their guns at me, <laughs> I'm going to look at them slowly and then kind of like lower my weapon going, okay, all right. And even if, if I try to pop somebody, I'm getting 40 bullets into my body immediately. So come on, people. Defend yourself right again shall not be infringed that's something that you you can't just avoid the second amendment because of its age right the fact is the matter is that if people are armed to defend themselves more often there's going to be less chances of crimes occurring and if they did they will be lessened to a significant degree if people have their right to defend themselves right now everyone's thinking well you just want the wild west you know that 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 oh that that there was a chaotic time period and whatever I'm like eh that's because it was a long time ago and certain other laws were not enforced at the time but like I said if I'm going into my job and some shooter comes in and sees a crowd of people without weapons and I am one of the only people who has the means to defend them I'm gonna do it it's scary yeah I understand but if I take that person out I just saved. 20, 30, or 40 people's lives right there. You can't expect the police to go into the situation within like a second's notice to stop the criminal because it takes them a while to respond to certain things. By that time, it's too late. Again, this is a very hot topic. I know people are not going to be happy about this opinion I have, but like I said, if you disagree, if you want to talk to me, just personally message me. Don't try to go in and get angry and try to troll me or anything, just please be reasonable. Just say you watch the video and I have disagreements on this opinion and let me explain why. And I will say, I disagree with you, but you bring up some good points and let's discuss this further. That's what I, that's who I am as a person. So like I said, if you have any disagreements on this subject that I specifically talked about or any of the other three topics before that, like my hatred for rap music and hip-hop music, <laughs> The Last of Us Part Two, and Game of Thrones, both being good shows and, mo uh, and video games. You know, if you have disagreement, let me know. Just, you know, if you want to discuss it, whatever. But being a toxic troll and just saying that I'm a terrible person and I hope you this happens to you, blah, 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 that's not going to fly, man. I'm just going to block you right away. So... So yeah, that pretty much wraps up this episode of the Dork Point Podcast. So my name is Rugged the Dragon, and I appreciate those who all listen to my ramble. And if you have some suggestions on a new topic and you want to be a guest on the show, or you just want to ask me questions in general, I implore everybody to participate. It helps me out and also lets me feel better about myself knowing that my friends and followers are being included in the show. 
I'll see you all next time. Take it easy and be safe. Dirk Boy out.